You're watching the Sports Objective, the podcast for pirates. Welcome into the Sports Objective. It is championship week and we're very excited to talk about this week's championship games but before we dive into that uh, i'd like to welcome in former east carolina football players and pirate letter winners jay sunhalter and matt Semenza. guys how are we doing great guys happy to be with you as always um you know I, I, it's amazing how quickly these seasons just fly by and now we're here at Championship Week, Jay, and uh, definitely some interesting matchups to look at. I uh, know. Gosh, I'm just so, so sad the season is almost over with. I mean, we got the bowl games coming up and a bunch of good stuff, but there's nothing like the regular season and, you know, every week seeing all these great games. I think this weekend will, will turn out to be good, but it's, uh, it's just interesting, you know, with the Final Four that came out on Tuesday and, you know, these games and seeing where everyone's placed and what's on the line. Um, you know, we're, we're going to have some good games though. Before we take a look at the championship games, uh, you know, what were some of the takeaways that you guys had from rivalry weekend? Well, you know, for me, the, the two that really jump out were Michigan, you know, just beating up on Ohio state in Ohio State, you know, I, I honestly, when I looked at that game, I felt like anybody could win, but I thought it would be a very close game. You know, I didn't expect, you know, a, a blowout either way. And you got to be impressed with Michigan guys um, getting it done like that at Ohio State. And then, you know, you got to give some credit to USC as well, taking care of business against Notre Dame. And another, another one that uh, really – you know, I think a lot of people weren't all that surprised by it, but uh, what transpired down in College Station, LSU, uh, still playing for the SEC title, but um, that loss at Texas A&M, um, you know, costing them a chance at making the playoff. Yeah, that was wild. I mean, it's like everybody that we thought was going to be a shoe-in, you know, you thought LSU was going to go against Georgia. You know, that with with LSU having that opportunity to get to the playoff, now that's gone. I mean, Texas A&M has been a disaster, and I was shocked that they won that game. Um, and then that Michigan-Ohio State game was just was unbelievable what happened in the second half. Yeah, it really was. And how about Michigan now? All of a sudden, they just couldn't beat Ohio State forever. And now all of a sudden, Harbaugh has it going two years in a row. They take care of business against Ohio State, and then they plant the flag at the fifty-yard line. And <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, it's 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 definitely uh, for for me. It's it's I always like to see change in college football because it seems like too often it's the same teams every year. So uh, I, I'm kind of happy to see Michigan take care of business and 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 kind of have a chance here in the playoff. Well, I mean, Ohio State has a Michigan problem now. And it's not just that game. It's just like you can tell the style that Ohio State plays and the way Michigan plays. Michigan's playing a tougher, you know, a tougher game of football. And they're better on the line of scrimmage, even though Ohio State's amazing. So 
Ohio State's going to have to figure out a way to change some things there culture cult, in their culture and also just with their schemes because right now Michigan's got the upper hand. Yeah, I guess this is what, maybe year four for Ryan Day, something like that. I think he's something like 45 and five, but I guess what, two and two now against Michigan and having dropped the last two, um, it starts to make you wonder if it's going to be a John Cooper situation like from back in the 90s where uh, he, he won a ton of football games but could – not beat Michigan, and it cost him his job. So uh, it's too early to tell on that. But uh, and the Buckeyes aren't accustomed to, to losing to Michigan. No, absolutely not. And, you know, guys, I'll tell you the other one. How about, you know, I, I've been very slow all year. You guys know, very slow all year to give USC much credit. And uh, but But you have to now. I mean, Lincoln Riley, he's done a tremendous job changing that program and I, you know, I think it was Jay and I both. I'm not, I don't want to speak for you, Jay, but I think we both picked Notre Dame um, last week to beat USC. Um, and, and, and USC just came out and jumped on them. Uh, I was very impressed with that. I, I, I was not expecting USC to be able to play as, you know, physical enough to win that game. Well, I think, I think for USC, I mean, I, yeah, I agree. We both picked Notre Dame. Um, I, I was shocked that USC has improved as much as they have. And also, I think it just goes to show you their quarterback's unbelievable. And anytime you've got a team that's improving and a quarterback that's the real deal, it can take you far. No doubt. Uh, and Caleb Williams coming over from Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley. And you know, a lot of folks like him to win the Heisman, and uh, rightfully so. And with all he and the Trojans have done, uh, we'll see how they fare uh, this week in the rematch uh, with the Utah Utes um, taking place in Las Vegas. Um, but we'll talk about some other games before we get to that. But uh, taking a look at last week's picks, uh, Jay, uh, you you had an unbelievable week. Uh, Sonny went 8-1-1 one and, one and is now 45-41-4 for the season. That's wow. amazing. I'm, I may just I may just stop now. <laughs> may, this may be my last week of picking games. <laughs> I'm gonna end on a high note. Sonny was on fire, man. Listen, uh, had I, had I known, I would have just you know bet the house. You know, I, I would have just you know been gambling on all your picks, and uh, you know would would have covered Thanksgiving dinner. I know. I should have. I should have put some money down. Unfortunately, I put no money down. So I'm, I am uh, not poor or rich. I've got nothing to show for, for my wise picks last week. And as you said, as you said, Matt, the the only game that Jay missed was that Notre Dame game where, where both of you took um, the Irish plus five and a half, and of course USC won by I think it was eleven, um, and then um, the push was uh, the Auburn Alabama game. Um, you know, Auburn made a made a decent push late in that game and really tightened things up. And then, then Bama scored a late touchdown or two and in, ended up winning um, by 22. That's unreal that Vegas got that right on the money. It really is. You got to give credit. <laughs> and um, and Matt, a week ago, I'm not. Not bad, five, four, and one, and uh, now 40, 46, and four for the season. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
<clears throat> hey, this is a big championship week, championship week for me. I, I need to get back to 500 at the very least. At the very least. Yeah, so, moving on to championship week, as you just referenced, um, we'll, we'll start off um, with Friday night's games. Um, the first game on Friday night um, is within Conference USA. Um, you, you have North Texas 7-5 and five, um, traveling to the Alamo Dome to take on 10-2 and two, and future member of the American um, UTSA Roadrunners. And the Roadrunners are an eight-and-a-half point favorite, a game that is uh, scheduled for a 7.30 kickoff on the CBS Sports Network. Jay, you could jump on this one first if you want. All right. All right. So uh, no, normally in these championship games, I'm, I'm probably going to care with the underdogs covering. Um, in this one, I just think UTSA is a really good team. It's evidenced by their record. And I, I think with it being at the Alamo Dome, it could be a home game. I'm going to actually say they're going to go ahead and cover this and, and win by nine or more. Yeah, I'm with you on this one, Jay. Like the fact that it's a home game for them at the Alamo Dome, and um, they they bring a nice crowd to these games. Like I'm very impressed with this program. Their 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 attendance, their following. You know, for a relatively young program, so um, you know they they've been very competitive all year. Very solid program. So I'll take UTSA to get it done. I'm not a believer in North Texas. And. The Roadrunners in the meeting green, they met uh, back on October 22nd, and UTSA uh, won that game, which was also in the Alamo Dome, uh, 31-27. to uh, So uh, just, again, uh, interesting to see uh, this rematch between uh, North Texas and UTSA. Also being played on Friday night, the Pac-12 championship, uh, Utah won a thriller. Uh, against USC in Salt Lake City. And um, that was a shootout, something 45-44, 44-43, uh, something of that nature. And this time the Trojans are a two-point favorite uh, at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. Mm. That's, this is going to be a really good game, guys. I'll tell you, like Utah, you know, when you just look at this right off the bat, you say, okay, USC is the favorite. They should win. But think about their last few weeks, emotional games over UCLA and then Notre Dame with a chance to crack into the, you know, the college football playoff. Are they able to, to rally for this game or is it a potential letdown? Um, That's the big question I have is can they maintain this, this great, streak that they're on and you know have enough to to win this game against utah and i i do you know i went back and forth on this one but i just think ultimately lincoln riley he's too good of a play caller and i think they'll find a way to outscore utah so i don't think it's going to be easy i think it's gonna be a really tough game but i'll say usc gets it done well i think i mean as you guys know the hardest thing is to have these highly emotional huge games week after week after week and bring your A game every week. So I agree, Matt. I think this is going to be extremely tough. I think Utah is really good. And in most circumstances, I'd say Utah is going to win this game. I just think when you have a star quarterback and with what's on the line and the fact that Utah won earlier and USC, you know, it's tough. It's going to be tough for Utah to beat USC twice. 
Now, USC may win by one, and we may lose the cover here, but I'm going to say USC is going to be close, but USC is going to cover. A couple of things about this matchup in the previous matchup that the Utes won by that single point, 43 to 42. Um, Cameron Rising threw for a little over 400 yards for Utah. Uh, Meanwhile, Williams for USC uh, threw for five touchdowns and just shy of 400 yards. And and then also um, something else to keep in mind, USC is, uh, I believe, tops in the nation in the giveaway, takeaway, uh, winning the turnover battle this year. Um, so, something ridiculous like plus 20 or plus 25. And um, they actually won the turnover battle against Utah in that loss. Um, Utah had one turnover. USC did not turn the ball over. So that's something else to keep an eye on in this one. Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting statistic, Bubba. And you know, it, I'll tell you, it's just going to be um, really interesting to see how USC handles this pressure. They have everything on the line in this game, everything. You know, a chance if they if they lose, obviously they're going to drop out. I think you'd see Ohio State move back into the top four, possibly. Um, so everything's on the line here. Can they take care of business? Moving on to Saturday's games, um, the MAC championship game. Uh, being played at Ford Field, you had seven and five Toledo taking on the nine and three Ohio Bobcats. Um, the Rockets are one point favorite, so essentially a pick 'em in this one. And this is a noon kickoff on ESPN. Well, I mean, this is a pick 'em, and, and to me, yeah, I'm going to lead with the team that has the best record. So I'm going to go ahead and, and pick the Bobcats to go ahead. And uh, well, the, excuse me, Toledo's. Toledo's here by one, but I'm going to go ahead with the underdog and uh, go with the Bobcats to win this game. Yeah, I'm really surprised by this line. I'm, I'm actually shocked, to be honest with you. Ohio's been really strong down the stretch. I think they've won six in a row. Um, really impressed what they've been able to do. And I think that team's playing at a high level right now. Toledo's been a little shaky at times throughout the year, a little up and down. So I don't know why this line is like this. I'm a little confused, but I, I actually feel very strongly about this one. This, Unless there's an injury or something that I'm not aware of, I feel and, like Ohio's going to roll. And that's the deal. I, just, I was very curious about the line as well, Matt. And Ohio's starting quarterback, who's accounted for uh, 3,500 yards of offense, including uh, nearly 3,300 through the air. Um, he's out for the season with a knee injury. Yep, there it is. There, I knew there had to be something with this one. So wait a second. I get to reverse my pick now, right, Bubba? I mean, it's Go ahead. lock it in. Jay. Did we lock that in? <laughs> hey, we have no rules here. Hey. <laughs> you, can do, you can do whatever we want. <laughs> How about this? How about this? I don't care who the quarterback is. I'm sticking with the Bobcats. Ohio. Let's go, Let's go. <laughs> lock it in. I'm with you. You and I together. <laughs> um, also at noon on Saturday, uh, the Big 12 championship game. Yeah, I, I think and this is uh, my favorite game of the weekend, I believe. Um, this game is taking place at Jerry's World, AT&T Stadium there in Dallas. Um, the Wildcats, 9-3, and three, and they lost by 10 earlier in the season in Manhattan to TCU, uh, which is, of course, 12-0. and 0. And the Horn Frogs are 
slight two and a half point favorite at noon on ABC. I mean, uh, Matt, this is going to be tough. I mean, I I really do think Utah could win. I think Kansas State could win both of those games. Now, I'm not going to pick that, but I think they could. I'm going to go ahead and say TCO finishes TCU finishes that strong and covers this, but it, it's going to be tough in this game. Yeah, this is a this is a really tough pick. I struggled with this game several weeks ago when they played um <clears throat> kind of similar to the USC game. Everything is on the line for TCU here. Everything. And, you know, Jay, I know you've kind of been saying like they're they're due for a, for a letdown at some point and I wonder if we got that against Baylor where they were still able to win, but that might have been their letdown week, you know. Um They've just been able to find a way to get it done every week. And when I look at this game, I, I just think that you're going to see a ton of points. Like, I would think that the over is probably somewhere around 70. Um, you're going to have a high-scoring game. It's going to be a great game. I, th- I feel like anybody could win it. But how can you how can you go against the Horned Frogs in this situation? I mean, they've got it done all year. And one week away from, you know, uh, this, is, this is their last chance to, to – to, to stay in that playoff hunt. So I'm going to go with the Horned Frogs. As you said, Matt, um, Sonny Dykes and TCU have answered the bell time and again. And I know Iowa State uh, was four and seven a week ago and you know out of the running for a bowl. But that was still a very surprising score uh, to see TCU win, was it 62 to 14? Yeah. So. So just uh, yeah, very very surprising result there um, because um, even when they've lost, I mean, you've not seen in this year um, for that matter. Um, Iowa State's been very competitive despite they were, uh, well, despite finishing four and eight. But that was not the case a week ago in Fort Worth as they were um, just destroyed by the Horn Frogs uh, in the Sun Belt Championship on Saturday afternoon, three thirty, taking place down in Troy, Alabama. Uh, at Veterans Memorial Stadium, you have nine and two Coastal Carolina, and there is some um, uncertainty there with their quarterback Grayson McCall, who missed last week's loss at James Madison. Coastal is taking on the ten and two Troy Trojans, and the and the Trojans are an eight and a half point favorite. And these teams did not meet during the regular season. Yeah, so this is the type of game where, like, if I was gambling for real, I'd, I'd make a game-time decision on it based on McCall's status. I think if he plays, Coastal will cover that line. Without him, though, obviously, it's a totally total different story. I mean, they run such a unique offensive system there. And McCall, he's he, he has a firm grasp on it. He's really mastered it. Every time I watch Coastal, I'm really impressed with that kid. He's tough. He makes plays. You know, he's just a gamer. Um but based on where we are right now, I'm going to go into the assumption that he doesn't play. Um, and you saw what happened last week against JMU. They got drubbed. Um, so I'm going to say that Troy gets it done. Again, based on the assumption that McCall doesn't play. What do you think, Jay? Well, I, I, I'm going to go – I mean, this one's so hard to pick. I just – I just think in these championship games is going to be close ball games, and that's that's a high number, you know, whether McCall plays or not. So I'm going to go with Coastal to cover. 
I don't feel confident in that, though. But that's my pick. So lock it in for right now until I change my mind, Bubba. <laughs> lock locked, locked in, locked in. Um, also, on Saturday afternoon, uh, we talked about LSU and how Brian Kelly's club fell short um, in a devastating loss to, to their national championship hopes. Um, uh, now, obviously, they still had – if they won that, they still had to win this week against Georgia. Um, Georgia, dogs, once again, a perfect 12-0, 17.5-point favorites, 4 o'clock on CBS at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So, uh, well, we'll, start off with, we'll start off with you, Jay. Yeah, yeah I, I just think that that's a high number for me. I mean, Georgia Barron could well blow them out. And I, I just think that this game is probably going to be more competitive than we think, especially after LSU played bad. So I'm going to say LSU is going to cover the 17 and a half. This is a really tough one because Georgia's had moments this year where they, you know, they, they, they struggle. I mean, you saw it against at the only beat Kentucky 16 to six. They had the game against Missouri. They didn't exactly wipe the floor with Georgia tech last week, but there's something about that team when they get in the bright lights in a big game and when they're motivated, Good luck. I mean, they will just they'll, – they'll just destroy people. I mean, you saw it with Oregon. You know, you saw it with Florida uh, earlier this season. You know, you saw it last year. I mean, they just they just have a way to step up. But that is a – I agree with you, Jay. That's a big number, 17 and a half. And I think LSU will find a way to get 17 to 20 points on the board, which will make it tough for Georgia to cover it. Um, so George is going to win the game, but I'll say I'll say LSU does cover the seventeen and a half. So I just contradicted everything I said. <laughs> no, we're together on it. <laughs> Moving on to the Mountain West Conference Championship game, um, you have eight and four Fresno State and traveling to the Blue Turf. Take on nine and three Boise. It's the Broncos by three there at Albertson Stadium. Uh, four o'clock kickoff on Fox. Um, these teams have already met this season, and Boise State won that matchup forty to twenty back in, I believe it was early to mid October. Well, you guys know nobody waltzes into Albertson Stadium and, and walks away with a victory. It just it rarely does it happen. Rarely. Uh, it's Boise. It's on the Smurf turf. Um, I do respect, I really do have a lot of respect for Fresno State's program. They, they're sneaky good every year. And they're well coached and they have playmakers. They can always find a way to score points. Um, but I think it's going to be really cold in Boise. I don't, I don't know how the California boys from Fresno will respond to that cold weather. Um, so all those factors, I'll take Boise State. I just think it's going to be tough, like you said, Matt, for a California team to go on the road win in that weather, and that's a tough place to play. So I'm going to go ahead with Boise State to cover and uh, win by win by more than three. Lock and, it. And that forty to twin boys, forty to twenty Boise State win um, in uh, early October, October eighth. Uh, that was on the blue turf as well. Um, 
in the American, uh, you have two teams that have, um, just like Boise and Fresno, already Can I played. Just back this- up for a minute. Let's just back up, not to interrupt. Yeah. For a second, but can you guys watch that? Can you guys watch football on that turf? I struggle to watch it, man. It's disgusting on TV watching that blue turf. Yeah, it's a challenge. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not fun. <laughs> I'll tell you what's even more challenging, Matt. Have you ever seen a game at uh, Eastern Washington? Yeah, that's that's bad. That's bad. I saw a picture of it. You know, uh, online. The red turf. Oh. What is, is it gray? What What is it? It's gray. It's red. Oh, Eastern Washington. I'm thinking Eastern Michigan. My bad. My bad. Yeah. Um, yes, I have. Yeah, that's that's really unusual. But um, the American Championship taking place down at Yulman Stadium, uh, 4 o'clock on ABC. Uh, you have 10 and 2 to Lane on what a story Willie Fritz ball club is. And uh, the Georgia Tech job has – been filled. Uh, so Coach Fritz, at least for the time being, is staying there in New Orleans, and they will look to avenge a, a loss from a few weeks ago when UCF came in there and won 38-31, to 31, I believe it was, and uh, the 9-3 and three Knights under Gus Malzahn, uh, um, th- they'll have their work cut out for them. and They're a three-and-a-half point dog uh, against Tulane in the AAC t- title game. I mean, the, the, these games are so tough to pick. Um, you know, I, I would go with UCF in normal scenario, plus Willie Fritz. There was, you know, a lot of attention with them possibly going to Georgia Tech this week, and now he's going to stay. I, I just think that Tulane's good. They're solid, and they're going to win. I just have a feeling they're going to win by more than three and a half. And, again, I, I usually would go with the underdogs in these games to at least cover, but I'm going to go ahead with Tulane to win by four or more. So I think I'm going to go the other way on this one, Jay and Bubba. Like, I, you know, here's the thing. I really liked what I saw out of UCF last time they played Tulane a few weeks back. I thought they looked much faster. They jumped out on them. I mean, they had a huge lead, and then they just kind of they went a little conservative, kind of held on and won the game. But I'm, I guess my concern with this one is that I, I wonder how much the whole Willie Fritz situation disrupted that team this week. I would think it had to, to a certain point. Um, major distraction. Uh, does the team, you know, you never know how these things shake out internally. Does the team embrace him? Basically, within a 48-hour span, he says, all right, I'm taking the next best job. Nice knowing you guys. And then all of a sudden, he's back. That's uh, that's an interesting scenario. So I also think UCF, played down to their competition last week in rivalry rivalry week. Um, so Gus Malzahn is going to have their attention, and I just think UCF is going to overwhelm the green wave. So I'll go with the Knights. <clears throat> in Charlotte at Bank of America Stadium in the ACC championship game, you have a couple of teams that are limping in, especially North Carolina. Uh, Clemson's coming off their loss to South Carolina, uh, the first loss there. Um, in Death Valley in what, 41 games. And then North Carolina, meanwhile, lost back-to-back home games against Georgia Tech and NC State. Uh, and they're coming in at 9-3. and three. It is Clemson by 7.5, uh, 8 o'clock kick on ABC. Yeah, I mean – oh, sorry, go ahead, Matt. 
Uh, no, you go ahead, Jay. You got it. You got it. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I think Clemson's going to win this game. I just think that's a high spread. And I think that UNC can score. Now it's going to be tough against Clemson's defense. But I also don't know if Clemson's going to be able to, to score that much to win by eight or more. Um, you know, all, all these games are going to be tough ones, obviously, with, with the level of competition they have. But I, I'm going to go with UNC to actually cover in this one. Another tough one. Um, I don't really know what to make of UNC right now. They've been kind of – they've been very shaky recently. Obviously, the loss to NC State, but then the week before, if I'm not mistaken, they lost to Georgia Tech. Um, they struggled – it seems like they struggle to run the ball. You know, they had to, like, really claw their way back into that game against NC State last week against – which I believe – correct me if I'm wrong, guys. I think that was a – third string quarterback for NC State. Um yeah, I guess at least third string if not fourth string uh because obviously uh, to begin the year you had Devin Leary and then um and then you had Jack Chambers and then you had the other young man. So I guess this is actually the fourth string quarterback and um and yeah, he had a he had a heck of a heck of a game. Yeah, he, he was impressive. Um, so I'm just – I don't know what to make of North Carolina right now. You know, Clemson, that's – first of all, South Carolina, the Gamecocks are – that's a hot team right now. That is a hot team right now. Um, two really good teams. That was a fun game to watch. I just – Clemson's another one of those teams for me, like in the bright lights in a big game, they seem to always play well. So that's a very long way of saying I'm, I'm going with the Clemson Tigers to get it done. And Ben Finley is, of course, just a little note there. Um, he is the younger brother of Ryan Finley, um, excellent NC State quarterback. All right. Interesting. Interesting. I did wonder that. And then um, also on Saturday night, um, 8 o'clock kickoff at Lucas Oil Stadium is the Big Ten title game. Michigan coming off that three-touchdown win at Ohio State. Um, the Wolverines 12-0. and um, looking to um, secure their their playoff spot, and honestly, and they have an excellent chance of going, even if they did drop this game, probably. But uh, they are taking on nine and three Purdue. It is Michigan, um, a large favorite at, by sixteen and a half there at Lucas Oil Stadium. Um, we'll start off with you, Matt. So indulge me here for a minute, fellas, because I have a lot to say about this one. I think I mentioned to you before the show. This is – the Big Ten cannot give you this championship. This is a travesty. Obviously, Michigan earns their way. But Purdue has absolutely no business being in this game. If you just look at the Big Ten, the divisions are so – they're so skewed. It's unbelievable. How do you have Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State on one side? And then on the other side, you have Iowa, Purdue, Nebraska. You know, it, it's 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 a joke. It's completely unfair. Um, the fact that Purdue, again, that during this game is a travesty. So, you know, uh, first of all, that's just, that's the first thing I wanted to say. The Big Ten has to has to fix that. Um, I think last year they gave us Northwestern, another travesty. But um, with that said, I hope Michigan stomps Purdue. Um, 
and wins this game by 40, and I think they will. I think they're going to crush Purdue. So go Wolverines. Yeah. And guys, I, I, very I quickly, know. Jay, that, that was a typo on my part. Um, Purdue's not 9-3. and three. They're 6-3 and three within the Big Ten, but they're actually 8-4 and four overall. Um, yeah. So, so even more so, you know, proving what Matt was saying there. Yeah, I, I think, you know, these games are going to be close, but I think this one may be a blowout, even though Michigan had a huge victory. I think Michigan, Michigan is good, and I think they're going to take it to Purdue. So I, I think they're going to cover and win big. Yeah. And, uh, gentlemen, that will do it. That, that it is on the 10th and final championship game. Um, there actually are a couple other games that are being played this weekend. Um, obviously not of, the, not of the championship variety, but um, you had – and what a story this is. Uh, you have Jerry Kill there at New Mexico State. They absolutely destroyed Liberty a week ago. And um, they had had a game earlier in the year, I believe, that they, they had dropped and um, they were able to uh, pick up an FCS opponent in Valparaiso as they are looking to get to their uh, – to six and six in bowl eligibility. So um, and that's awesome for the Aggies, a program that has really, really struggled to say the, say the least. I remember a few years ago when Doug Martin took them to a bowl and they were able to win it, uh, and, uh, and that was their best season in something like 50 years. So um, it's great to see stories like that, programs that have been so bad uh, have some success. Did you just say Valparaiso? I didn't even know Valparaiso had a football team. Uh, I just know them from, from having a ridiculous run in the NCAA tournament like 15 years ago. Right, Bubba? Uh, shoot, I guess that was uh... – the, the run that I remember for Valpo was back in 98 when Bryce Drew knocked down the shot when they ran the play called Pacer. Was that 1998? Oh, my yes, God. Yes, they beat Ole Miss. Wow. I, I I can't believe it was that long ago. That's unbelievable. Um, I am old. I thought that was like 10 years ago. <laughs> and, and, and Kyle said, um, was a middle said that, that, that game that New Mexico State lost was against I say lost, um, was not able to play um, with San Jose State, and he believed that was due to the wildfires there in uh, California. But um, Oh, wow. I didn't know. Also, Kyle, maybe you can tell us on why this game is being played. Um, there's a game, uh, a MAC game that's being played at 1 o'clock uh, on Friday, and that is Akron playing at Buffalo uh, in – Akron's two and nine, but Buffalo's playing for bowl eligibility as they are five and six. And so that, that's very interesting, a one o'clock game on a Friday. Wow. That, the, they're going to set attendance records, but for yeah. the wrong reason, the, okay. the worst attendance in the history of college football. But I definitely trust Kyle's judgment on – Kyle's really up to speed on the MAC and the Sun Belt. So I'll, I'll definitely – trust Kyle's judgment on those and conferences. I figured this had to be the case, but it's um, the blizzard um, that, that hit Buffalo um, there a couple weeks ago. So um, so that's why that game is is being played then. Still very interesting. It's being played at 1 o'clock on a Friday. But... Maction. That's maction for you. 
but glad they're able to get that in. And uh, it's not surprising that they're getting it in, uh, especially uh, when you consider the Bulls are playing for bowl eligibility. Um, we also have Peanut Butter Hero chiming in on YouTube, guys. He's saying Matt Rule to Nebraska. Uh, he said those people just don't know about him. What are your thoughts on that hire? Actually, uh, this is the direction as soon as they made that decision to part ways with Scott Frost. I thought we'd see Matt Rule um, become the Cornhuskers next coach, and um, that obviously is the case. I I think, I mean, I know Panthers fans probably don't like him, but I, I think that's a home run hire. I mean, I, you know, maybe, maybe most people won't agree with that, but I think he knows how to turn around programs. I think he's a really good coach. I think that with the Panthers, they didn't have a quarterback, and that's a big adjustment going from college to pro. And I mean, you know, I, I, I just think that's a tough situation with the Panthers, but I think at Nebraska, he'll rebuild it and, you know, whatever their potential is at Nebraska, he's going to get them there. Yeah, I agree with you, Jay. He's, so on the college level, he's a proven commodity. He, he really is. I mean, he's, he's done it at two different programs. Um, I thought he did an incredible job at Baylor, even more impressive than what he did at Temple to be honest with you. Um, obviously, he struggled in the NFL, but you've seen that from a million college coaches over the years. Um, I think college is where he belongs. You know, I think that's where he belongs. I think it's a pretty good fit, honestly. I, I like it. You know, I, I think he's going to bring, like, that old-school Nebraska hard-nosed football back there. question is, how can he recruit? You know, can is he able to get the athletes to Nebraska that they used to get? Um, but I, I'm really, I'm hopeful because I want to see Nebraska get back on the, on the national stage. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping it works out. And Matt, Kyle agrees with you and Kyle Barber uh, chiming in saying great college coach. It doesn't transfer to the NFL uh, very often. And, um, and I agree. Um, we'll, we'll see to what extent he has success there in Lincoln. But you, you look at the, the big 10, uh, West, uh, now, obviously, you have Luke Fickle um, being hired at Wisconsin. But the, and, um, that Big Ten in West is, uh, has been so up for grabs, especially with Wisconsin slipping a bit. Uh, so Nebraska, you know, if Matt Rule goes in there and does what he's done at those other two stops, um, it's definitely not part of the realm of possibility you know, for them to be back um, you know, winning you know, eight, nine games and potentially contending for the division um, not too far into the future. Yeah. The Big Ten West needs uh, – they need somebody to step it up. Otherwise, we're going to get Purdue and Northwestern every year. And the final thing, guys, I uh, wanted to mention before we get out of here, obviously East Carolina is still waiting to find out where it will be going bowling. Um, a lot of different destinations have been uh, tossed out for the Pirates. Uh, Justin Butts uh, chimes in. He was saying that he'll, he'll be getting back from his cruise on December 17th in Miami, which is a short 45-minute drive up uh, to Boca. So um, if the Pirates do, in fact, go to the Boca Raton Bowl, uh, that would be great for him. And um, he, that's what he's praying for is it would be a 10-day 10-day trip and uh, vacation for he and his family. Wow, man, Justin, that's awesome. I hope that I hope that works out for you because that's uh, 
<clears throat> you couldn't time it any better than that. That that would be pretty amazing. Um, you know, it's just you know, just so many moving parts right now, guys. It's just it's just really hard to know how this thing is going to shake out. You know, I was I was really hopeful for for Fenway. I, I just liked. I really was <clears throat> high on the idea of of playing Syracuse. I thought that would be a just from a from a style point of view. I thought that would have been a really fun game to watch. Uh, doesn't look like that's going to happen, obviously. So um, too many moving parts. But um, you know, at this point, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. I think I think the Tulane UCF game is going to have a a trickle down effect potentially. Um, that we need to look out for. What do you What do you think, Bob? Yeah, uh, obviously, uh, how that Tulane UCF game unfolds. Um, you know, we're hearing that uh, you know, Cincinnati is wanted by the Fenway Bowl, and then um, and then obviously you have the Military Bowl. Um, I would say that they're probably pretty high on the Pirates just because of the regionality and um, last year. The, the Pirates were probably going to bring close to 10,000 fans or something there to Annapolis. But uh, we're also hearing another bowl that you haven't seen mentioned nearly as much as as Myrtle Beach or Fenway or the military, and that's the Gasparilla Bowl um, that's played in Tampa at Raymond James Stadium. Keep an eye on the Gasparilla Bowl. Um, that, that could be in the mix. Yeah, and I guess, you know, I don't know much about the tie-ins to that bowl. You're right. That's been kind of off the radar, but I'm sure our fans, you know, wouldn't complain about heading down to Tampa uh, this time of year. Beautiful location, awesome stadium. So, um, you know, it could you could do a lot worse than, than Tampa. And that is a game that's played on Christmas Eve Eve on December 23rd. Uh, like I said, at Raymond James Stadium, and I believe it's uh, it's maybe a six thirty or seven thirty kickoff, and I believe it's televised by ESPN. Yep, and I, you know, from a travel standpoint, the, the airlines tend to jack up these flights, you know, right around Christmas time. Uh, hopefully, that's not, you know, doesn't have too much of a deter our fans too much from from flying out, but I'm sure it will. That's a tough date, especially people who have families, people who have young kids trying to get ready for Christmas and then, you know, heading down to a bowl game out of state. But, um, you know, Bubba, I wouldn't be disappointed at all to to see a game in in Tampa. And I would actually consider going to that too. One other thing uh, on the East Carolina – football front and East Carolina athletics front that we wanted to mention. Um, Very important to the Pirate fans that we're contributing to the indoor practice facility as well as just the Pirates Unite campaign overall. Um, So many different aspects to that campaign. Uh, The indoor practice facility is going to have a price tag of um, probably $17, $18 million, maybe $20 million depending on what all that project entails and includes. Uh, so um, let's make sure that we're giving as we can to that. Um, and then it also includes the baseball operations building down the left field line at Clark LeClaire Stadium, as well as um, renovations to the uh, natatorium, as well as other things on the athletics campus. 
and uh, also um, something else. Team Boneyard, um, Team Boneyard is East Carolina's collective as, as they fund NIL opportunities for uh, ECU student athletes, you know, whether it's football or otherwise. Uh, so, um, you know, if you would like to uh, contribute to Team Boneyard, you can go to teamboneyard.org and uh, do so. And you can you can um, just give to the fund in a general sense, or you can earmark it for a specific sport or a specific athlete. Uh, so maybe you know you want to make a contribution uh, not only to football but uh, for uh, running back Keaton Mitchell. Uh, you can do that. So go to teamboneyard.org and uh, check that out today. Sounds good, Bubba. Um, but, um, you know, Matt, um, we'll, we'll get out of here. Um, we hope everyone's having an excellent week and uh, enjoy the championship games. And uh, for Matt Semenza and Jay Sunhalter, I'm Bob Rosenbaum. You've been watching and listening to Sonny and Semenza here on the Sports Objective. Be sure to follow us on social media, on Twitter at the Sports OBJ, on Instagram and TikTok at the Sports Objective. Like and follow us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Again, we appreciate you tuning in, and as always, go Pirates! You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. Listen to the show pretty much everywhere podcasts are found. Be sure to follow us on social media at the Sports OBJ on Twitter and TikTok, at the Sports Objective on Instagram. Like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. As always, we appreciate you listening to the show and go Pirates! <laughs>